Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps and Black Rifle Coffee Company. Jordan here, your host, and we're just going to burn through an episode of Tipsy Tuesday here. It is March 22nd. It's starting to get uh, more a spring feel outside. Pretty chilly in the mornings, but warming up in the afternoons, and uh, it's nice to get out and about. We're about to get ready for turkey season. I think uh, here in Nebraska, we're 20, we're three days out. So the 25th of March is when archery season opens and we don't have anybody until shotgun, but yeah, it's going to be good to get out and look at turkeys and just get out and about again. So that's what's happening there. Uh, latest episodes, I just talked to Brad Brooks with Argali and they make game bags and knives and, um, interesting belts and all kinds of things and now they make tents so i talked with brad about the two new tents that they are coming out with and uh, he also releases well we got the exclusive on a new product that is going to be getting kicked out sometime this year hopefully and uh, yeah he mentions that in there so go give that a listen and then we talked with Jaden Bales about a week ago about Wyoming and the new 9010 bill that has just passed. And yeah, we dive into mule deer herds across the uh, across the state and talk about snowpack and how things are shaping up there. So that is uh, Jaden with Wyoming Wildlife Federation. And yeah, it was a good episode. And then we talked with Mike Street about an article that he just published called um it's the bonus point it's called moose sheep and goat analyzing the bonus point system and which is essentially the um weighted point system there in colorado so we talked to him on a podcast about that article and he walks us through it because it is pretty complex so those are great episodes go check them out um, new rock slide articles, we have a Vortex Razor HD Gen 3, 6236 by 56 uh, rifle scope. And we have another rifle scope up called the Zeiss LRP S5, 3 to 18 by 50. So those two rifle scope reviews are up. And then we have the Kafaru Steelhead Chest Rig review up as well. So that is Kafaru's like chest rig that they really developed for fishing but you can carry your pistol in it and you can use it for a variety of other things besides fishing because I don't fish and I have it and it works well okay so and then the next one is the 2021 Rockstaff top gear picks article that was essentially taking all of the rock slide riders and asking us what our top three to five gear items were for the year or just like reoccurring and we did that and I recorded a podcast episode going through that article so if you're more of a listener than a reader that's going to be coming down the feed here in the next couple of days okay on to hot news so Washington did go ahead and ban the spring bear season in a four to five vote, and that was just a day or two ago. Um, the National Sportsman's Alliance a rep, uh, one of the representatives says that they wish they could say it was unexpected, but it wasn't unexpected at all. So that's really too bad. Um, probably no going back on that. Um, and then Josh Boyd, a rock slide writer we've had on quite a few times on the podcast, sent me an article. It was really interesting on bighorn sheep. So 
Uh, thank, thanks, Josh, for sending that over to me. Um, the Journal of Wildlife Management found um, across 12 herds of bighorn sheep that pneumonia causes smaller horns for rams. So, which does make sense. We'll cover that in a sec. Re uh, they say that it re um, ha a ram having pneumonia reduced annual horn growth by up to 35% and total horn length by up to 13%. And basically what it is, is it's an energy trade-off as they fight the infection. So their body is busy fighting the infection and not enough energy and nutrition, I guess, uh, nutrients to put into the horns to grow them. So therefore they just don't grow them as, as quickly. I This was not in the article, but I would imagine it's the exact same thing with females, but probably instead of a decrease in horn growth, um, they're probably super stressed out and abort offspring, which is obviously an itch, uh, can be a very big issue. So that is something to keep in mind there. And back to the article, it says that they... Uh, said that pneumonia likely delays the age which the rams achieve larger horns. So it does not exactly clarify what larger means, but it also says that there were cases where like back-to-back -back years of pneumonia occurred in a herd and the the rams may never, may never reach the full potential of their horn growth. So because of those setbacks and just not being able to grow that much anyways, you know, a ram that could really be a true banger just isn't ever going to get there because its body was really busy fighting off disease, basically. Um, it was really sick, so there wasn't a lot of energy to go towards horn, horn growth. Um, on into Idaho, just a quick little fact here. There, uh, Idaho says that at the end of the winter this year, uh, through all their studies, the mule deer fawn and elk calf survival rates were up at 84% for fawns and 92% for calves, and which they claim is slightly above average. So I think that was kind of expected, but it is good to hear. Okay. Important dates coming up for application deadlines. We have a couple of big ones that are not too far away. Uh, April 1 is Montana deer and elk application deadline. And the 5th of April, April 5, we will have the Colorado all species deadline. So those are a couple biggies coming up. Okay, talking about the hot minute. So I didn't really know what to talk about. So I just kind of um, pulled something out of the air. I thought about gear upgrades and how to cut weight or do you even cut weight in certain areas and a lot of that has to do I think once you get your system pretty dialed you're just making really small fairly small changes and just with the kind of how gear is as you go down in weight you're typically going to go up in price so those can be some pretty spendy upgrades even though they're pretty small. So that's, you know, something to think about is, uh, you know, depending how many ounces you're going to shave off, is it worth the money this year, I guess. So 
Um, a couple of things I think that probably for backcountry folks um, that are backpacking, I shouldn't say backcountry, I should say backpacking folks, the the sleep system and the tent life and, you know, the camp life, a lot of that stuff is really what weighs a lot. And you can drop some serious coin on some really ultra, you know, high-end, very lightweight equipment for backpack backpacking in. So the first thing I thought about that an upgrade that I made that was very pricey and isn't like probably the most ultra lightweight option, which is totally cool with me, but was a definite warm warmth upgrade and way good for my sleeping was I went to a Western Mountaineering Badger bag. And there are a lot of companies out there that make really good, uh, you know, like mountaineering, trekking bags. You know, they're not really pointing at the hunters for who they're making gear for, but uh, these some of these down options can be really, really good if you're talking, you know, most hunts in the western, like lower 48 in the west. So um, that's one upgrade that I made that was really good and it actually did cut down on my weight just a, a little bit. I think you really have to be careful cutting weight in your sleeping bag, um, but you can definitely do it with some added coin. I mean, that Western Mountaineering bag is, god dang, they're six, seven hundred bucks. Some of them are eight hundred more. So it is a big undertaking, but uh, you know, financially. But if you really take care of the thing, packs down really small, and if you take care of it, it's gonna last you a really long time, and it's gonna keep you damn warm. Cause I was. It used to be uh, sleeping in the backcountry wasn't really that much fun, but uh, that thing definitely makes it more enjoyable. And then with Leah and I both going, we ended up... Uh, so my badger bag is a left-handed zip, and we ended up getting her a Western Mountaineering Antelope bag, which is 5 degree. I believe my badger is a 15. And hers is a right-handed zip, so we can actually zip them together and make it you know, a double sleeping bag, which is really nice if, uh, you know, your, our schedules don't always match up. So I'm like packing in by myself and I need a sleeping bag that's just going to be for me. And then she can have her own and then we can zip them together for together. So that is a really big bonus there if you hunt as a couple too. And a tent. One thing I should say I want to say with the tent is don't dismiss floorless options if you want to really cut some weight. It's really nice because you can pitch them with a lot of them anyways. You can pitch with your trekking poles. So you're getting dual purpose out of your trekking poles and that just helps you on the weight portion of it as well. Um, typically when you pack down a floorless shelter, it's like smaller to pack in general and lighter, but a really big benefit that you you really don't think of when you come to like, all right, it's a lighter tent and I'm cutting a lot of weight, so I should, you know, it's probably going to be a really small space that maybe I can only fit in. But it's not really true. You take, um, you know, a standard like three and a half, four pound, three season backpacking tent for two people and you compare that to, you know, three and a half pounds or four pounds of floorless tent, you're getting a lot more 
uh, usable space in a floorless shelter than you are in that three and a half pound two person tent. And then with a floorless, you can run a stove in the later season and in the early season if you're still worried about bugs. Most options these days come with some kind of a nest or a uh, an insert that's like a bathtub floor and a netting. Kind of turns it into a, a it turns it into a dual wall shelter sort of. So super versatile and really for the price, a lot of the companies that are in the outdoor space. I mean, the prices are not that bad, especially when you're comparing them to, you know, a backpacking style three, four season tent, something like that. So don't overlook floorless options. And then the next one, I would say if you probably the biggest weight you're going to deal with outside of water and food, we won't get into any of that. But just on the daily, doesn't matter what kind of hunting that you're doing, is optics. And to go along with optics is your tripod system. So that's an area to evaluate. Sometimes if you have good optics, like glass weighs a lot. It is what it is. Like in my opinion, it's probably not worth going from, you know, a really good pair of binoculars that you like to another maybe really good pair of binoculars that's like three ounce lighter. They're all going to be right in that same wheelhouse, I think, as far as binoculars go. And if you have a pair, I would probably just stick to them, unless you really want to switch. But I wouldn't switch for the weight. Um, spotting scopes can be a little bit different kind of a deal. If you're in the market for a spotting scope, or if you have one now and it's got a big objective, maybe there's some opportunity to downsize to a smaller objective go to like a 60 or 65 from you know something bigger uh, I pack around an 80 um, I packed around the 95 for a really long time and for mule deer stuff anyways I just like to take it I like I really like glassing I am very comfortable sitting on a ridge and just not moving all day and just using my eyes so it's worth the wait for me to carry that up, but you know, some folks, it, it might not be. So that is one place that you might be able to shave down some weight by just going to a smaller objective on a spotting scope. Uh, tripod systems. This is one that I would say is probably the, the easiest, maybe. Maybe that's a stretch to change around from. But there are some trade-offs with that as well. So if you are using a an aluminum set of legs, you know, there is some opportunity to go to like a set of carbon fiber legs. Um, just as I said in the beginning, you go to like carbon fiber is just more expensive in general, but you get down in the lower weights of those things, the price tag really goes up. So you can zip right to eight, nine thousand bucks if you no sorry, eight or nine hundred dollars or a thousand bucks, not eight, eight or nine thousand dollars, sorry, pretty quickly if you go to like a carbon fiber setup. So um, something to look at there. My personal setup is I have used the outdoorsman's tripod and heads for a long time and I have the compact tripod currently and is a little bit heavier than maybe another setup I could get, like a slick 624 through SNS archery. I think that's a badass setup, and I try to recommend it to like as many people 
as I can. Um, that's really good bang for the buck. It's pretty light. I think it's a little bit lighter than my Outdoorsman's, but I really like the Outdoorsman's because maybe because there is a weight penalty, it gives you more stability, which is nice. So that is something with tripods that is a total trade-off. You can spend a ton of money and get as light a setup as you can, but the stability is not always going to be there, especially in really windy conditions. So something to think about there, but definitely places that you can cut down, especially if you you know, have a tripod that just came with your spotting scope as like a package deal. A lot of times those are going to be like aluminum, kind of heavy components, pretty bulky. That's something too I would say on tripods is maybe more so than cutting down a lot of weight is cutting down on bulk and finding an option that you can pack really easily. So both of those that I just kicked out will do that. The um, Adorsman's Compact and then the Slick 624. Robbie actually did a review on those a while back. So if you get on the Rockslide forums um, or the Rockslide website, you should be able to just look that right up and see what he had to say about it, which in short, I believe was if he wasn't worried about weight, he preferred the Outdoorsman's. But if he was horse packing and doing things, he really liked the compact um, ability of that slick. So something to think about there. But yeah, in short, like especially just getting started out, you're going to make some gear jumps. Um, just try to make them in the best places. Other ways to cut weight on your hunts is just really fine-tune everything else so you know really fine-tune your essentials kit you know maybe you don't need to take a really heavy leatherman with you you know maybe just a jackknife and you know maybe a contact or a really compact set of pliers or something can be sufficient enough so you can cut things like that you can cut clothing down um, I'm always a little careful cutting clothing down because I want to be as comfortable as I can out there and I don't really care about the extra weight of just a jacket. So something to think about there, but a lot of it is going to be just really fine tuning your system. And at the end, like if you like what you're using and you don't want to cut any more things out or you don't want to change, like it just is what it is. Like it's, uh, I kind of feel like that's how my system is now. Some of the things I use are a little bit heavier, but I really like them. And I might take a couple more clothing layers than a lot of people will, but I really like having that. So the weight is okay for me to do that. And I can cut in other places, um, like going to the floorless shelter. So something to think about going into the spring where we're buying gear and trying to plan out our summer and, and falls. So there's that. There's a hot minute would like to thank Onyx Hunt Maps for sponsoring the podcast. If you go to onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt and use code ROCKCAST at checkout, you will get 20% off of a membership. So give that a visit. And then Black Rifle Coffee Company. Um, I practically live on that stuff. Uh, use code ROCKSLIDE at checkout for 20% off your first order. So go check those things out. Um, some upcoming episodes, I did record one for the the Top Gear picks for 2021. I also did a big question and answer podcast uh, as I was driving to Nebraska, so 
I did that, and then I do have a plans for a couple of others coming out, and then the one that just got released today is Argali Tents with Brad. So go give those a visit, and we will talk to you guys uh, in a couple weeks.